Well, hello, and welcome to this week's of Photographic Life. In the last week, I received an email from somebody very well established in the photo magazine environment within the UK. Um, somebody who's been doing it a long time and is now a, a group editor connected with a very well-known magazine title, um, a photographic title, obviously. And the email began that um, they'd been at an event and um, had met somebody I know, and that person had recommended to this editor that they should reach out to me because they had an initiative that they were starting within the magazine and um, they would like me to share it, to promote it because as the uh, email outlined, they didn't have a connection with the kind of audience that I had the connection with. Their audience was much more of a hobbyist uh, kind of an audience and a readership and um, therefore this initiative was about a different kind of audience they don't have that kind of audience and they wanted me to put them in contact with that that audience now i get a lot of emails from professional marketing companies prs asking me to promote initiatives for other people and i don't respond very positively to that and here's why and here's how i responded to the email i got in the last week how I responded was this way. I said, I hope you don't take this badly, but can you please explain to me why I should do this for you when you don't do anything for me? And not only do you not do anything for me, you don't do anything for the independent photographic community in the UK either. From a social media perspective, you don't retweet us, you don't promote us, you don't talk about what we're doing. No, you talk at us. You're not actually listening. He got back to me and said, well, that's absolutely fine, Grant. I don't take that badly. But the situation is that we don't um, have very big budgets and we're on a very small team and it's really very, very difficult to produce the magazine. And um, actually, as an editor of this photo magazine, I'm not on Twitter and I don't listen to podcasts. I'm just too busy getting the magazine out. Well, I think there's a problem there. From my understanding of journalism, it's all about finding stories and how you can find them is by being part of the dialogue, the, the conversation that is currently going on around photography and photographers. If you're not part of that dialogue, where are you going to find your stories from? Well, I'll tell you, you're going to rewrite press releases. You're going to take the, the low-hanging fruit. You're going to take the easiest, easiest option. So therefore, those photographers you've heard of before, that story you ran the same time last year, you're going to run them again and again and again. And that's a problem. So I went back to the uh, editor and I said, well, yeah, okay, but surely you need to understand what's going on in the world of photography, um, particularly in the UK with all the exciting projects and photographers and initiatives that are coming out of the independent market. And I said, I'm more than happy to um, contribute a column for you. Perhaps that might be useful to you. Maybe that will help you kind of grow your audience away from this kind of, uh, I suppose I have to admit and say this, you know, dying audience of hobbyists. Um, 
he ignored, he got back to me and he ignored my suggestion, but hit me back with a whole load of big numbers and stats and facts about how many people they'd had on a YouTube channel and how many people they'd had uh, addressing these kind of initiatives that they'd set up. Well, the fact of the matter is their circulation is plummeting. Their readership is down. Advertising revenue is down. And the reason why these magazines don't have much of a budget is because there's no money coming in. The reason why these magazines have small teams is because there's no money coming in, because they're sticking to an old way of working which hasn't been working for a very, very long time. A tweet that I put out about this brought this response from somebody who I really... Um, respect in the uh, the UK photographic world and has been doing it for a long time. He said this, sad to say that it has been years since I bought a UK photo magazine. I want to, but they are 90% awful, 5% patronising and 5% hopeful. But the hope, I think, isn't really based on very much. As well as receiving that email in the last week, I've had a revelation. The revelation is that we're coming to the end of the decade and I hadn't noticed. Perhaps that's a sign of a number of things. So as we come to the end of the year, it's really traditional that there are lists, lists of the best photo books, lists of the best exhibitions and so forth, the most iconic images. When we come to the end of the decade, that list making multiplies and suddenly the stakes are high. Not only is it the best book of the year, but it's the best book of the decade, the iconic images of the decade. And obviously, these are going to be filling websites. Uh, they're going to be filling magazines and, and all sorts of other places where such lists exist. I gave it some thought and I thought, well, do I want to get involved in that? And then I thought, no, no, I really don't. So future podcasts will not be um, featuring any lists of the best photo books of the year or the best photo books of the decade, the most iconic images or the most important photographers. I think what we're going to do for 2020 on this podcast and at the UMP is we're going to look forward each time I receive a contribution to the What Does Photography Mean to Me strand of the podcast, um, they're recorded from all around the world. We've had contributions recorded by Tom Oldham by the beach. I guess that Michael Jackson's may have been recorded in his darkroom shed. Last week, Stephen Dupont in the background, I could hear birds singing. We've had people recording in cafes and on one particular contribution, a train was heard to be going by. And as you know, on this podcast, occasionally the postman arrives and the dog starts barking or the rain thunders down on the shed roof. But this week's contribution is something special. It's the first contribution we've had that's been recorded at the top of a mountain. Alex Boussey, is an expedition photographer and it's led him all around the world. He's sailed on expedition yachts around Cape Horn. He's climbed granite spires alone for four days. 
He's named three mountains in Greenland, photographed the 2016 Rio Olympics. He's skied to the North Pole, climbed K2, flown from the summits of snowy peaks, trekked through the wilderness of the Tierra del Fuego and kayaked with sea lions in the Galapagos Islands, among many other adventures. I know, makes my life seem very boring. Alex is an alumnus of both the Eddie Adams and the Conflict Photography Workshops and is based out of Chamonix in the French Alps. He is an ambassador for Nikon France, Peak Design, Moken Vision and Data Color and is represented by Nova Select and Wonderful Machine. His clients include Sports Illustrated, the International Olympic Committee, Scandinavian Airlines, Red Bull, Adidas, Nissan, Microsoft, BMW, Patagonia, Outside Magazine, Alpinist Magazine, Rock and Ice Magazine, CNN, ABC, The Telegraph, and The Independent. Hi, Grant. Um, so first of all, sorry for the delay in getting this over to you. Um, I also apologize for the quality of the recording. I'm actually standing on top of a mountain in the French Alps right now. Um, <clears throat> and I had time to think about the, the question you wanted me to answer while hiking up this morning. Um, and I'm almost at 3,000 meters, so if I don't make any sense, you can blame the uh, thin air. So your question was, uh, what is the meaning of photography to me? And I think, well, obviously there's uh, lots of different meanings, but maybe to start with on a very basic, very prosaic level, photography is what provides my livelihood. Uh, as a professional photographer for almost 10 years now, it is what pays my bills and what allows me to support my family. Um, and it has also given me a lot, um, like a whole, whole lot. And it, it's always been a great excuse to be experiencing really incredible things and to be on the front, um, the front lines, on the front seats of a lot of things I would never have gotten a chance to experience otherwise. It's uh, through photography that I got to ski to the North Pole, that I got to climb 2K2, I mean, not quite such a summit, but still, um, that I got to sail around Cape Horn, that I got to uh, see Usain Bolt get a gold medal and Brazil beat Germany in the, in the soccer finals of the uh, Rio Olympics. And um, yeah, it, it's things that I, I would never have been able to have all of those experiences unless I had been independently wealthy, I guess. Um, and photography has afforded me the, the opportunity to go there. And even if I have to stop being a professional photographer at some point, uh, which is definitely a possibility given the, the state of the field, uh, I will forever be grateful that I had this opportunity um, and that I was able to, uh, to make a living from it. And then on a, on a much deeper level, I think photography is what gives me, what helps me give experiences meaning. And it does that through um, creating narratives, creating stories. And of course, I don't need to tell you that um, there are many ways to build narratives, 
and to to build an entire story around a single photo um, using a variety of different tools um, from light to composition to symbolism, color, uh, exact time of pressing the shutter and a, a number of other other tools. And of course that can be used in, in many different ways. But something that's always kind of been true to me uh, and to the way I take photos and what I get out of taking photos has been that I've always tried to be as true as possible to the experience. And in a way, it is through photographing a scene that I discover what the truth is. And it's really um, clear to me, especially with uh, my daughter and, and her birth, which was now about 10 months ago. And I realized that <clears throat> I feel compelled to take pictures. Uh, not at all to share them. We we have decided not to share anything on social media at all whatsoever. Um, but it's really for, for myself and for my wife. Um, I feel that those moments don't exist as much. I mean, of course they do exist, but they're not as real if they haven't been photographed. If I haven't given them that meaning um, through photographs. All right, I hope that uh, that works for you and uh, feel free to get around a lot of my rambling. It's probably going to be necessary. All right, thank you so much for your patience. Bye. Thank you, Alex, for your contribution this week. Uh, I deliberately left in those little bits at the beginning and the little bit at the end there because I I think it gave a real sense of kind of who Alex is if you don't uh, know him or his work I really suggest you check out his work his work it really is um, incredible and I think doing really interesting things with photography within that kind of subject matter and space as we do every week I'm just going to pick up a few things once again storytelling telling a narrative a key um, but for me it was interesting hearing him hearing him talk about that idea of photographing his daughter at the end of every year I make a book of all of the pictures that my wife and I have taken of my, our daughter and um, the, the the kind of rule that we set um, behind these books is that nobody else appears in the books they're just our daughter and so it becomes this kind of narrative of her year we're up to book eight and um, of course coming up to Christmas I get them printed and then I hand them out to a family and they become that kind of artifact of life and she loves our daughter that is just loves sitting down and looking through these books that sense of memory is already deep within her I think um that's about it I think for for picking up on Alex this week but now for something completely different I was looking at one of those uh, lists of photo books I was mentioning uh, at the beginning of the podcast the other day and something came to me the idea for a parlor game a photography parlor game and the idea is this can you guess the photo book title is it a photo book or is it a novel I know it's probably one for the photo geeks, but it could be fun after a few brandies and a mince pie over the Christmas period. So I've jotted down a list and I'm just going to read them out now. And this is kind of how the game works. So first of all, I'm going to read them out 
and you're going to guess as to whether or not they're a photo book or a novel. I'm not going to give you the answer. It's up to you to make up your own version of the game, but let's give it a go. American Backyard. I refuse for the devil to take my soul. Where reasons end. Sweet home. I know how furiously your heart is beating. On earth, we're briefly gorgeous. Outside and in between. The Guardians. The Second Sleep. Space Utopia. This empty world. To Calais in ordinary time. The heavens. And under every yard of sky. There you go. That's how you play the game. You put together your own list. You chuck in some photo book titles. You chuck in some novels. I think from my perspective, what's interesting, that is almost impossible to um, work out which is which. And maybe that's where we are with the idea of narrative and photo book. There we go. The title of a novel seems to be kind of, you can't tell the difference between the title of a photo book or the title of the novel two forms of narrative there meeting and i have to say also how abstract are those titles very few of them give you any idea at all about what the narrative's going to be about and what you're going to get for your money so there we go that's um the photo um parlor game uh i guess it might make me a millionaire uh but then again it probably won't I hope everything's going well for you coming up to the Christmas period. I know it is a difficult time for many. Um, don't forget that we will be uh, running our traditional Christmas Day special podcast. Um, that will be a, with a special guest. Yet to be fully uh, confirmed, but uh, I'm working on it in the background. And uh, don't forget also our New Year's special will come up. Guess when? New Year's Day. So Christmas Day and New Year's Day will be two special edition podcasts featuring different stuff from the standard weekly fair. Anyway, that's about it, I think, for uh, this week. Um, hope you've enjoyed it. If you are listening on um, iTunes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review. That kind of thing really helps us get it out to other people and to grow this community, to grow the audience, and to grow the dialogue. It's certainly a dialogue and a conversation I'm going to keep having. But in the meantime, you know what I'm going to say. Take care. <laughs>